All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love the Star mailbag. It's where we turn things over to our dear, sweet listeners for their thoughts, their comments, their questions. First one here from Jim Loughborough. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That is a very long last name, Jim. Who is the most important re-signing on offense and defense? So I'll give you the unrestricted free agents really quickly, Brian. On offense, there's three of them. It's Tyra, it's Tyron Smith, Tyler Biotish, and Tony Pollard. We, we feel like that's probably Tyron, Tyron based off how they yeah. played last year. Tyron Smith. Pretty easy. Tyron okay. Smith and give me Tyron Smith back for one year, $12 million, and let me draft a center. And I'll go now, to battle. Now we go to the defensive side of the ball. Neville Gallimore, Jonathan Hankins, Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong. Those are your defensive linemen. Uh, and then in the secondary, you have Noah Igbenogany, Jordan Lewis, J. Ron Kurse, and then Stefan Gilmore. So we look at this Gilmore, and we say I think Gilmore's important there. Tyron and Gilmore. And and yeah. I think they I think they would want Gilmore back at at the right price. And I think Zimmer would love coaching him, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. He he's he's a he's a pro. That guy is a pro. Now, again, he's not as quick and fast as he once was. But man, the way he you know, he's smart, football IQ, you know, he cares about the game. You can tell he cares. Yes. You know? So I, I give him a lot of credit. He could have just kind of eh, whatever. I'm, I'm going to move on, but he really wants to come back. He really, he really liked being here. So we'll see. You know, maybe they can, maybe they can work it out with him and Tyron Smith. Um, I could see Dorrance Armstrong leaving and stuff like. To be honest with you, I'd rather have Fowler than I would Armstrong. I, I really like Fowler. I, I think Fowler's yeah, I mean, a great I situational just, pass I, rusher. Yeah, I don't think they bring him back. But you, well, and you know what? What, it, what? Who has Dante Fowler historically followed his entire career? Is Dan Quinn. Banquet. And yeah, so we're going to be playing against him twice a year, probably oh once on Thanksgiving and the other at the end of December, right? If if you could give me odds on on uh, Dante Fowler to the Washington Commanders, I would I would probably take those odds. Cash that uh, next question here, and we briefly touched on it earlier, but I just wanted to circle back on it because I did have it saved as one of the questions here from Bobby Aguilar, and he's asking Cowboys interest level in Steve Wilkes. But you're saying that's not a name that you've heard at all. I haven't, I haven't heard any. We, we think Zimmer wants. We think Zimmer generally wants to kind of have oversight there, and I would imagine Steve yeah. Wilkes would have his own ideas. Yeah, I think I think so too i mean it would be nice to have him uh i just haven't i haven't heard anybody whispering that one uh this is a really interesting out of the box question i thought from de la cruz so i wanted to to have you answer this brian especially because you get a lot of just different questions dropped in your mentions consistently he said what would you say fans focus on the most that has no bearing on wins and losses. So, so from a team building perspective or from a game day execution, what do you think that fans have a, a, a certain particular interest in that you would say at the end of the day, I don't think that that actually matters in the win loss column as much as you may think it does. I think it's the referees. Am I wrong? No, I don't think so. I think that obviously when the margins are thin, a we late really call can have you go sideways. focused on Michael yeah. Parsons getting held every play, right? That, yes. that became, see, when you, when you, and this is no slam at fans, you know, and, and a lot of fans educate themselves. A lot of fans buy the NFL package and the NFL.com and look at the all 22 and yep, they kind of get their own ideas. And, and I appreciate those fans. I appreciate all fans. I just, some of them take it to a whole nother level, but I think fans, the lazy take to me is always pointing the fingers at the officials. Do they do a poor job? At times, yes. Do they do a good job at times? Yes, they do. You know, I mean, we saw a Super Bowl that I thought was very well officiated the other day. Yeah. You know, and so to me, I'm okay with 
you know, sometimes how it goes, but I think we make way, way too much. And I know I talk about the officials and the calls they make every week. I know I, I do it from uh, a standpoint of just letting them know, hey, these are some calls that might be sure. called in the game, you know? But I do think that we we get on that box where we just kind of say, that's the officials, you know, it's official. you know, no, your team played bad today. No, your coaches didn't have it today, you know? Now your quarterback was off. Now your receivers were off. Now your all-pro, you know, rush it linebacker. Was, yeah, he was off today. You know, we're afraid to we're afraid to admit or afraid to point the finger at something that could actually be the case. Players, coaches, you know, situations, way you handle situations. It's really easy to blame the officials because that's not as a fan. You're you're not blaming the team. And a lot of fans have hard time blaming the team. They really, really do. Now, I think it's starting to flip a little bit, though, Bob. I think it's starting to flip a yeah. little bit. Yeah, and- I don't disagree. I, you know what's interesting? I would say the officials is a great call. The one that came to mind for me was, I think, too often, and we've certainly talked about this before as a genuine question at, at certain instances, but I think how frequently fans will bring up effort or like they yeah. didn't want it or something like that. A lot yeah. of times it's like, no, guys, they just got beat. They got handled. They, yeah. I, it's not that they didn't care or well, they see, didn't trust. Back. That goes back to the not wanting to criticize. You know, you just could say effort, you know, and you used to say the team effort, you know, and no, that you do. You're right. There's times where they just physically get beat. They don't cover. They don't tackle. They don't complete passes. They don't catch the ball. They don't hit the hole. You know, it's it's easy to to kind of you can like I say effort referees. You can just throw a blanket over that, and you're just sure. kind of like covering a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I think that from a I also think that it's far too easy to look back at you know first half things that occur yeah. or or individual plays in the first half. It's like man, so much football happens after that, and there's so much. It's a, it's such a butterfly question that I think we go, man. If it wasn't for that fumble in the second quarter, we win that game. It's like, right. well, yeah, I think that so much happens in between there. It's it's hard to pin things on just one play because of of how intricate everything is. But I think that's a really great question uh, from yeah, Jay LaCruz yeah. there, and an interesting one. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll close the, with this question here, Brian. Um, since we've been talking about coaching staff, it's mainly been on the defense side. Any talk or speculation of Mike Solari retiring or being replaced? I know y'all had mentioned something about James Campen potentially being a candidate. That's from Derek. Um, I have not heard anything on that. And and I, I don't think whether, whether the results were, were, were great or not. I know that there are a lot of people within the Cowboys, not just McCarthy, not just Schottenheimer. I know there's a lot of people within the building who think Mike Solari does a good job. And who think that he he has done a specifically I've heard several people yeah. I know you hate position flex, Brian, but I know there are several people who have who have praised the way that he goes about cross training. That yeah. that his cross training sure. is different from their experience in the past sure. with other offensive line coaches. So yeah. I, I don't know that they'd be so quick to do that. And also I think they feel like they've already got sort of an assistant offensive line coach yeah. there, two of them in Blasco. And then Lunda Wells, who who yeah. they think highly of, and so I, I think Wells that they feel like got the, Lunda Wells yeah. could have got the offensive line coaching job with the Commanders. Yeah, Cowboys blocked the that. Building, there's people in the building who'll tell you that Lunda Wells might be a better offensive line coach than he's a tight ends coach. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, I, I think he's a fantastic tight ends coach. And so, yeah. I mean, that that's you've got kind of a three headed monster there with with Lunda yeah. Wells and Blasco and Solari that I think they feel like they're generally pretty covered. 
but it's at least an interesting question to ask. All right. That does it for us here today on the love of the star podcast. Thank you so much once again for joining us. Uh, You know, Brian, uh, we've got one episode coming next week. We're about to finish up, record that one. Uh, But hopefully no, no major news breaks over the next weekend. Hopefully, hopefully we don't, you know, have Steve Wilkes come in here or 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 james campen we can't handle that you guys we we, we've got to give brian a breather and a break before he's off to surprise arizona for ranger spring training before i'm off to indy for combine there's there's a lot going on here you want to flip spots uh why don't you just why don't you just come with me we won't tell anybody we won't tell anybody brian you don't Uh, know how much i love the combine you know what i think i'm gonna do too it's gonna be it'd be your favorite i don't think i'm doing the plane i think i'm doing the the road trip to indy i think i'm doing the car ride in a heartbeat i know it's 11 hours it's 12. It's I looked it up. 12? Yep, 12 from where I'm at. So, I but we're driving to the Indy 500. I know the I, route. I, I I can't wait. I can't wait to get out there to Indy. I can't wait to hear all these yeah. updates. And we'll have those updates for you guys when we return. Uh, but for Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Belt. Thank you so much for joining us.